All right, all right, who's fired up to be in the house of God this weekend? Woo! Incredible to see you, whether you're live or online. A lot of folks are on spring break. Great to see you. Hey, before I dive in the Word, let me just catch you up to date. Uh, This weekend, our own pastor, Josh Whitehead, been with us for 20 years, got married yesterday. And so... That's the first wedding I've done in a long time. But in case you're around town and see him smooching on somebody, you don't have to call and say, hey, we saw Pastor Josh. No, he's married, so it's cool. And uh, he is on his way to Hawaii right now. And so pray for them this week. He and Heather, they have a great, great, great honeymoon. It's great to see you as we continue our series, Incoming. Most of us are well aware of the bombs made right down the street, but the two nuclear bombs that were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. What you may not know when it comes to nuclear bombs is they have dropped, lost, or misplaced 32 thermonuclear weapons in America. 32. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Well, we found 29 of them, which leaves three Nuke thermonuclear bombs unaccounted for. You say, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. How can you lose a nuclear bomb? Well, you know, especially when you consider the damage and destruction a nuclear bomb can cause. Well, it's a really, it's a matter of perspective. I mean, you only have one cell phone and how many times have you lost it? You may only have one or two sets of keys, but how many people have got air tags because you can't find them? Come on, you got on your iPad, your iPhone, find my stuff. What about your money? Do you know where every single one of your dollars is dropping as they come and go week after week when they end up in the dark waters of debits and credits, ones and zeros from the malls to the markets, Do you know where you're dropping them? According to a recent survey, one out of five Americans run out of money before the next paycheck. 20%, one out of five. Now, even for those that don't live paycheck to paycheck, the fear, the stress, worry, divorce, arguments, and the daily focus and concern on money. That's why this month and every year, but this month we want to help you dodge the incoming bombs of comparison, of wastefulness, and of indecision when it comes to money. Because regardless of where you've been in the past, regardless of where you are financially today, regardless of your future potential financial, we believe that every one of us can actually avoid financial fallout and walk in freedom. See, walking in financial freedom, it's less about decisions about making more dollars, but it's more about decisions that make sense in dealing with our dollars. So the question this weekend that we want to talk about is, do you know where all your dollars are dropping? Now, struggling with money, dealing with issues, it's as old as time. So let's go back hundreds of years, almost a thousand years before Jesus and the prophet Haggai shows up on the scene in Israel. Chapter one, verse seven. Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider 
your ways. That's our three words. Consider your ways. You've sown much. You've worked hard. Man, you have poured a lot in, but you've harvested little. You eat, but there's not enough to be satisfied. You drink, but not enough to become drunk. You put on clothing, but no one is warm enough. He who earns, earns wages to put into a purse with holes. Thus said the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Does that sound familiar? Have you ever thought, you know, I'm just, man, I put my money in the bank account with holes, my wallet, my purse, it's got holes in it. I don't have enough, I never have enough, I run out of money, am I ever gonna get ahead? Well, this Bible is full of instructions about virtually every important point, your family, your health, your wealth, emotional well-being, spiritual well-being, heaven, hell, the future, miracles, joy, peace, victory, everything that we really want, we can find instructed in the Word. And money's no exception. This Bible is full of teachings and dealings with money. Jesus, in Matthew 6, his most famous sermon ever, he preached it hundreds of times, most likely. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, I use this verse all the time because this is the American culture. No one can serve two masters, for he will hate one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. The Greek word is mammon. Mammon was, a, was an, the Assyrian god of wealth, the spirit that detaches itself to stuff and makes us want more. Now, there are many things that fight for your heart, that fight for ascendancy as the Lord over your life, and money is one of those things. And so go back to Haggai, because Haggai in context is dealing with an issue, we're going to talk about the context, and then the greater biblical principle that we need to see in this. Picking up verse two, thus says the Lord of hosts, this people says, how about you, they say, the time has not come, even the time for the house of the Lord to be rebuilt. The temple had been destroyed. Now time to rebuild it. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet saying, is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies desolate? Now therefore, says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. See, they were so worried about money that they had forgotten about the kingdom. Are you with me? They were so worried about their self-interest, they forgot about God's interest. And that's why Jesus says, and back to, back to Matthew chapter six, but seek first, whose kingdom? Whose kingdom? Come on, whose kingdom? See, the people in, in Haggai's day, much like our day, didn't care about God's kingdom, they cared about their own empire. Seek you first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. There's nothing wrong with a paneled house, but when you put the paneled house over God's house, when you put your stuff over God's stuff, when you make you sovereign, not God's sovereign, now we have a problem. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. But come on, let's be raw and real. People, we worry about money the war that it wages in our hearts, and mammon drives that spirit that wants to ascend. And so that same spirit was in money back then, and the, the children of Israel 
have been released from Babylonian captivity, sent with instruction by a lost pagan king, Darius, to go back and rebuild the temple. But they don't rebuild the temple. They begin only worried about themselves. So does this mean, Pastor, I can never restore, renovate my house? Can I never put new cabinets or new faucets? Can I never? No, that's not what it means. It's, it's dealing with priorities at the overarching biblical principle. Who's first? What's first in your life? What about your priorities? See, they forgot worship because worship in Haggai's day was around the temple. The temple was destroyed, so there was no Sabbath worship. There was none of that going on, but they were sure getting, trying to get their stuff together. So again, they've left Babylon. They've gone back to Israel, and they're there to be, build the temple, and yet they forgot their instructions. They forgot their God, and they're only concerned about who? Themselves. Sound, does that sound like today? So now they justified not rebuilding the temple by saying, but times are hard. It's really not time yet, God, to rebuild the temple. And God says, then why have you built and paneled your homes, built your barns, all your stuff, while the house of the Lord lies desolate? You got the newest cabinets. You got the latest fixtures. You got all that. See, a, a panel in a home was not structure or support or how they built it. It was a classy add-on. Nothing wrong with having a nice home, is there? Nothing. As long as you understand your, that your source and what is first. See, greed, not God, dominated their hearts. Greed is an insatiable desire to acquire. And has there ever been a greedier culture than we live in today? <clears throat> I mean, man, we, it is everywhere. So mammon, the spirit of greed, intensifies our desires and adds fuel to the fire of the God of greed. So the people in Haggai say, they're not asking God about what they should do and how they should live their lives. They're reflecting on their own self-interest. They're renovating, they're restoring, they're rebuilding. They've got all that, but you know what? They don't have much to show for it. Why? Because they were living without the blessing of heaven. God wasn't even on their radar. They passed that rubble of a temple. Look at verse nine, <clears throat> back in Haggai. He said, you look for much. Man, you want a lot. You look for much, but behold, it comes to little when you bring it home. I blow it away. Why, declares the Lord of hosts, because of my house, which lies desolate, while each of you runs to his own house. Therefore, because of you, the sky has withheld its due, and the earth has withheld its produce. See, there's a, there's a great book that I'm reading right now called The Treasure Principle. It's actually not, a, it's, it's more a booklet than a book. And I read this and it caught me. Now, again, this is not about giving. This book is about giving. This message is not. Giving brings freedom. So once you get, it's a matter of physics. The greater the mass, the greater the hold that mass exerts. The more we own, the greater total of the mass. Does that make sense so far? The, the more that that mass pulls us into orbit around it, the more we have, the more maintenance, the more insurance. Are y'all with me? The more stuff that we orbit around them, finally like a black hole, they suck us in. See, where your heart is there, your treasure will be also. 
And it, it pulls us in. My mom gave me some stock years ago. I'd never one time looked at NASDAQ. I'd never checked to see what anything was trading. But once she gave me that every day, I would go online and look and see where that stock was trading. Why? Because my heart was moving toward the treasure. We move in the trajectory of our treasure. So see, money makes a mindset. And we believe <clears throat> if I spend more, I'll be happy. A thousand more square feet, that's all I'll ever need. I'll be happy forever. A hundred more horsepower, a better gun, better bow, better purse, better dress, better vacation, a little more. If I just get a little more, just, just a little more, I'm gonna be happy. It's such a lie from hell. It's never enough. See, money can't fill your heart. This message is not about giving, so come on and lean in. Lean in. Come on, put your big boy pants on. All they want is my money. No, all we want is all your heart for God. It's not about giving. It's about your source of fulfillment and hope. That's what, that's what the bottom line Haggai was trying to get into the people. God didn't care that they lived in beautiful homes. He cared that they forgot him and his kingdom. They forgot that he was the priority. If he was on the priority list, they had never gotten to him. He was on the bottom and isn't it easy in this 21st century American culture to mistake fulfillment for the American dream? See, they forgot God was their source of everything we really want. You can buy a house, but you can't buy a home. You can buy sex, but you can't buy a family. You can't buy peace. You can't buy fulfillment. You can't buy joy. You can't buy victory. You can't buy this calm, sweet spirit that fills you, everything you truly and desperately, deeply want, only God can give. Amen. So two times God tells the people, Haggai, consider your ways. And my, my, my question or my just thought for you is, would you consider your ways? Because a lot of us, we're in this financial situation right now. You find yourself running out of money before you run out of money. Now, it's, you know, no matter how hard you try, you never seem to get ahead, never seem to get out of debt. Are you with me? We got some incredible news for you. We believe that you can dodge the incoming bombs of indifference and wakefulness in how you drop your dollars and that you can walk in financial freedom and the generosity that you really wanna walk in but don't think you can. See, let me, let me, let me tell you, you can master your money. You can master it. This message is not about guilt. This message is not about your debt. This message is not about building a church or heart for the harvest. This message is about in avoiding the incoming bombs financially that cause you to live paycheck to paycheck, stressed and depressed, struggling. That is not what John 10, 10, Jesus died to buy you. We believe that if you will, if you'll surrender to the Lord and you'll follow his teachings, you can walk in financial freedom. You can walk in generosity. You can walk in the glory of God. So what we wanna inspire you in the name of Jesus to do is plan better financially. Are you with me? Now, hundreds of years after Haggai preaches this message, Jesus shows up preaching the same message. And in Luke 15, Jesus tells a story that we use a lot here at Faith Promise. It's called the prodigal son. 
We could call him the wasteful son. We could call him the lost son. He goes to his dad, dad, I want my inheritance now. Now, you realize you're not supposed to get the inheritance until your dad's dead, right? But see, he wanted what he wanted before it was due. And that's how we Americans live in debt. We want what we want before it's our due, so we go in debt to buy it, we pay more for it, we live stressed out about it, we lose the joy of the Lord because we're like the prodigal. So the prodigal, so the father gives it to him. And he goes, the Bible says he goes off to Vegas, he goes to Florida, he goes somewhere, and he parties. I'm talking about party. And the Bible says he ran out of money. Now we all understand financial fallout and bombing our own bank accounts, don't we? And so he, now that now he's broke, but beyond, beyond the fact that he spent all his money, now there are external circumstances outside of his control that happen now while he's broke. The Bible says, and a severe famine came on that land. COVID happened to my business. An economic turndown shut down my business. The government would not let me open my business things outside of our control when we're already in a bad situation devastate us. Does this make sense? See, and there's no escaping the reality. We live in a culture that is constantly trying to get you to buy what you cannot afford. Constantly getting you spent. And so, like Haggai, they never seem to get ahead. They never seem to get enough. But why? Because their source was the money, not the master. And if we could be so honest, there's a little prodigal in all of us, isn't it? So the prodigal runs out of money. He ends up working for a, a pig farmer, and he's slopping the hogs. When I was young, I used to go to Squatchy Valley. Y'all know where Squatchy Valley is, Dunlap, Tennessee? All my grandmother's relatives were there, and I've slopped the hogs. It is nasty. Yet the prodigal salivating desiring the pods, the slop the pigs were eating. He was starving. And the Bible says he came to his senses and said, I'm no longer worthy to be a son, but maybe I could be a servant. Because in my father's house, the servants got better than I do. They got three hots and a cot. And so I'm gonna go back. What did he do? He repented. He's going this way, trekking the wrong way, comes to his senses, repents, and turns to go another way, heading back toward the Father, who the Father who accepted him perfectly and completely, even though he didn't deserve it. So grace and mercy are. Come on, y'all with me? So when it comes to finances, are you being wasteful, indifferent financially? Do you know where you're dropping dollars? Are you not waiting to, to, are you trying to hold more than you actually can handle financially because you want it now? God says, consider your ways. If you're struggling, dropping dollars, not knowing when they're going, struggling, you want to be in financial freedom, but you just, like the Haggai says, you can't seem to get there, we want to help you. Pastor Zach talked about it last week. There's a QR screen coming up on, the QR code coming up on the screen. Get that, we have bought for you everything in Ramsey's solution. You can go digitally and do financial peace. You can go to the budget app, you can go to the tax app. Got all kind of tools, all kind of things to help you master your money. So catch that, we paid for it, we have it for a year. 
get that, download that, because the simplest way to finding out where you're dropping dollars is to build a budget. Are you with me? Before, build a budget before you drop your dollars and they detonate and leave you in some kind of debt. A budget helps you know and how to avoid financial fallout by helping you measure mistakes to sit and make decisions that make good, disciplined financial sense. Now, this right here in 20s is the average household income twice a month in Knox County or in this region. $2,000, $54,000 a year is the average household income. So where are you, where, where are you doing with it? Well, you don't get the full 2,000 because the government takes some before you get yours. It's all yours, they take part of yours. Don't ever think the government has money, they don't. We have money, they take it from us. They don't know how to do a budget. And because of their poor, poor financial, flat, financial planning, they want more of your money. Are you with me? And if you think the government is the way to do it, just and when you pay your taxes, give them more. I don't happen to fall in that crowd. I think if you're gonna go $33 trillion in debt because you can't manage your budget, come on, somebody, y'all with me? So they're gonna take their part out before you ever see the rest of your money. Now, if you're like many of us, we're gonna tithe, and so I made $2,000. I can't help what the government took, so I'm going to tithe right there, uh, $200. And then I'm going to save a certain percent. And then I got my house, my car note. I got insurances. I've got groceries, got cell phone. That's what I'm gonna do with everything else. See, what we've gotta get biblical. In Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11 says this. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, discipline, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. And discipline's hard. Let me tell you one of the reasons. You say, I'm okay, I don't really need a budget. Listen, this is why you need to be a good financial planner. Are you ready? Jesus said, therefore, if you have not been faithful in the use of unrighteous wealth, in the use of dirty green paper, if you've not been faithful in the use of money, who will entrust true riches to you? See, we think money is true riches, and God said there are far greater things. Do you know why most of us fight to stay here and don't want to go to heaven? Because all our treasure's here. When Jesus said, don't let yourself treasures on earth, Moths ruin, rust destroys, thieves break through and steal. Let for sure treasures in heaven. The reason we want to go there, we don't have any treasure there. Does that make sense? Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So discipline is not pleasant. If it would, it wouldn't change us. Wouldn't change us. A budget shows you where to make the right cuts, how to discipline your daughters, dollars. Listen, you can master your money. Money makes an incredible tool. It's a great slave. If you've got your money mastered and you know where it's going and you're able to pay your bills, you're able to give and you're able to do some things, it's an incredible tool. It's a horrible taskmaster. 
When you are under money, under the boot and the whip of money and you are struggling and you're trying to get overtime and you've got bills stacked up and bill collectors calling and you're paying the minimums and you're waking up in the middle of the night thinking, what am I gonna do? That's when money's got you under its boot. And in the name of Jesus, he wants you to walk in financial freedom. Come on, somebody. Budget helps you know when to cut. We've all seen the movies. Come on, haven't you seen the movies where they find the bomb and there's a minute left on the bomb and it's ticking down and sweat's pouring off their face and the question is, which wire do we cut? And they're pulling the wire and the music, dun, 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 it's playing and we're on the edge of our seat do you cut the red one? Do you cut the green one? Do you cut the silver one? I don't know what we're gonna do. If they knew which wire to cut, there'd be no drama. And if you knew how to cut and spend your money well, it would reduce the drama in your home untold. Come on, somebody. Man. Do you know that 56% of Americans couldn't cover a $1,000 expense they didn't prepare for? Over half Americans couldn't cover it, $1,000. I, listen, there's a lot of my life I could have done it. We ask questions. I used to ask questions, well, can I afford it? How much are the payments? Or come on, we've all asked this. Well, what's the limit that I can borrow? See, we ask these questions because we make a false assumption that if I think it'll work financially, I should do it. <laughs> the reality is this, you can always outspend what you earn. Your income limit, not your credit limit, is your spending limit. Come on. You don't want to increase your wealth. You want to increase your yield. You want to increase your generosity. You, don't want, to in you want to increase your joy. Get a hold of that money. See, the question when we have a financial situation is not, well, how much will the payments be? It's what does Mr. Budget say? Or even this is a better one. Are you ready? Is this the wise choice? Is this is a wise decision. See, margin, when you have financial margin, that means you're paying your, that means you're, that means you're giving the Lord his 10%. You're saving emergency. You got money in the bank and you're paying all your bills. You have mar and you still have money left over. It's called margin. Margin turns an unexpected expense from a crisis to an inconvenience. Are you with me? See, because where we drop our dollars, our money is gonna chase after. Are you, does that make sense? Now, we are gonna have emergencies. This year, Michelle Angie blew up in Michelle's car. The dealership didn't cover it, even though it was under warranty, so I had to pay for it out of pocket. It just happened. It had been years ago in our lives, we'd had to put that on a credit card and taken us several years to pay that credit card off. Somebody stole earlier this year $16,000 out of our home. That would have sent me into a tailspin. When I found out the money was gone, I said, God, somebody stole your $16,000. Get them. No, but be honest with you, I said, Lord, would you convict whoever got it and save them? Because whoever got it's lost. 
They're going to hell. God, would you? I don't care if I ever get that money back or not. Just money. I, today, I don't know what my, I do not know what my salary is. I don't know how much is in our retirement accounts because I don't care. My treasure's not here. So you can have stuff. Just don't let stuff have you. Does this make sense? We want to help you. All the church wants is my money. That's Listen, some stupid, greedy person came up with that. We want more for you. So I'm going to pray, and the prayer councils will be up front. There's crosses around all of our buildings. You can go write something financially and stick it on that cross. You can come take the Lord's Supper. You can do whatever you need. But if you listen, if you need a, he, a physical healing, you would come down front. And you'd have somebody to pray for you. If you need a financial healing, you need a breakthrough, come have somebody pray for you. Amen? Are we a family? Come on. Even those of you that are online, I know a ton of you guys are in Florida. That's where Pastor Zach and Rachel are. Father God, I intercede for your church and your people. God, we live in a culture, I guess they've all been this way, God, where money is the master. And God, would you forgive us when we have indifferently dealt with your dollars, when we've compared, when we've made bad financial decisions? Like the prodigal, we run home because, God, you're the source. So in these next few minutes, God, would you make them holy? Would you invade this place with your Holy Spirit? God, would you move in power? God, move. Set us free financially, God, that we, we don't have to live under that weight, that we make money a slave in Jesus' name. So we all stand, the praise scene comes, our prayer counselors are coming to the front. Come on, right now, do what you need to do. Ask God to move.